The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Maca19, and joining us tonight is Portia. Hello. G'day, g'day. 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 I'm excited. And I'm, I'm very happy that you're excited. I'm very happy you're excited. <laughs> and also joining us for the review podcast is Mish. Hello, guys. How are you? Good, buddy. Yeah. That's good. So, have you sobered up, Portia, or...? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I kind of started sobering up on the night. Um, <laughs> probably <laughs> add, added to my disappointment in those later rounds where I was yeah. sort of going, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's um, I'm, I'm, look, it was all right. When okay, we got Sam Hayes, which is fantastic. And we'll talk about the rest. <laughs> we will. That we will. What about you, Mish? What were you doing on draft night, mate? Well, draft night was a great night. We did the usual athletics and athletics coaching crap, and then got all these texts from people about the draft and going, oh, I don't want to bloody listen, see this. I want to listen to the draft. So I refused to answer people's texts. <laughs> Except yours, and then I said I'm about to listen to your buddy podcast. So I listened, sat down at about ten o'clock to listen to the drafts to see how it felt. Uh, it's good. I had a great time. Yeah, I think it was yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah, they're texting you till twelve thirty in the morning when the draft finally finished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, that was good. It was good. I, I enjoyed myself. I had a lot of fun, and I'm still stoked that uh, Sam Hayes is coming to Port Adelaide. Oh, yes. A really Very perfect pick for excited. us. But look, let's talk about the first round uh, to start yeah. with, I guess. I guess the first sort of 10 picks or so went, I guess, to script. There weren't uh, really any surprises. I'm really happy Jaden Stevenson went at six, and that mm. uh, Collingwood decided to take a punt on the uh, alleged hard issue. Um, so that made me very, very happy. Uh, but outside of that, top 10 was uh, pretty much the script. Yep. yep. On draft day, I found out more about this hard issue as it started to come out. And it's like, oh my God, this kid's been aware of this since he was 16. He's played with it ever since then. It's not really an issue. Yep. Oh, Just okay. clubs, clubs weren't aware of it. So as far as I'm, that's my reading between the lines. So it was like, once I had that, it's like, yep, yeah, fine. Yeah, yep. if you can perform with it, then yeah, it shouldn't be an issue. So, yep. yeah. Absolutely, no doubt. I guess the first sort of mini surprise, I guess you would say, would be uh, GWS picking Aidan Bonner at 11. Um, and look, I, I know that he was, uh, many people thought he might go top 10, but uh, I guess it was always a bit of a risk in picking him. And uh, look, that's probably the perfect spot for him to go, really. Yeah, I don't I think it was a surprise. It was more Jibs, that's a big risk to take. But yeah, it was around there. You expected somebody to call his name out. And I suppose if a club can take a risk on midfield, it's just GWS, isn't it? That's yeah, it. yeah. Um, for me, I, I kind of feel like that pick sort of was the unleashing of hell in that there was that slight risk with Bonar and then the rest of that first round, a little bit up and down, a little bit up and down. Hmm. Did we have mm. him going to GWS in the Phantom? Uh, I, have a quick look. Uh, I, I reckon a feeling I that we did. Going, I reckon I had him going to Richmond. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, Richmond. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah. 
That's right. Crows at pick 12, they got their man, Darcy Fogarty. They were always going to pick him if he was available. Mm. Um, yeah. So look, uh, look, that's that's fair enough. He's uh, He'll probably do very, very well for the Crows. Yep. yep. No go home factor. Just like Davison Bock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, look, uh, it's... It's a club that I'm happy to see him at because I still feel there's that huge potential sort of, nah, he's just going to do nothing. And if that's going to happen to a club, why not the Crows? And if he works out all right, well, you know, he'll still want to be a Crows player. So, yeah. <laughs> Look, the last uh, potential number one pick is a uh, 16, 17-year-old that, um, that slid to them in the draft, uh, worked out exceptionally well for them, James Seller. Um, yeah, yeah. So, look, I, I'm, I would be really excited if Darcy followed his footsteps. Yeah, that'd yeah. be fun. I, I can't see him following those footsteps, but then I cannot see him becoming a bloody good midfielder either. Mm. No. Like he'll float around a flank somewhere and he'll bloody three times a year or bloody win matches and the rest of the year he's going to be an average player. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I guess the first biggish surprise was pick 13 with West Coast Eagles. They picked Jared Brander, which... Um, which was a shock because uh, I half expected them to get Oscar Allen at that pick and uh, was not expecting them to call out Brander's name at all. Yeah. If if Brander's better than Allen or Higgins, I'll go Heath. <laughs> right. It just seems to be reaching. Right. The thought of Brander is good, but I don't think he's actually going to be anywhere near what they think. I think yeah. he's going to become a pretty solid AFL player. Um, I rate him pretty highly. I think uh, I think he'll do all right there. I just didn't expect um, West Coast to be interested in him. Well, I mean, it's not like we've got some inside insight into West Coast or anything. <laughs> no, I just thought well, yeah, they're pretty chock full of tolls, really. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, don't know. Well, don't know. I just didn't. I just did not expect West Coast to be the team that would. Take Jared Brandon. Yeah, yeah. West Coast, goal kicking, small forward, on the, sitting in front of them with Higgins. Yeah. And they just pass it up and go, well, yep. I suppose they did get Ryan later on, didn't they? They, they did, yeah. So they may have been banking on that, influencing their picks, but geez. Hmm. They sit there and go, Brand is such not a need. And not a standout best available. Yeah. Yeah. Did and I? look, the surprises kept coming with Matthew Ling at fourteen to Sydney Swans. He, um, I guess, he had one of the biggest draft or potential draft ranges uh, coming into this year's draft. Some thought he'd go sort of around about where he went, and others thought he might go through, like through to the third round. And uh, I guess they've taken a bit of a punt on Matthew Ling, the Swans. Um, look, he's very much a Sydney type player, isn't he? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I liked him a lot in this um in this uh, uh, year, but um he does seem like a pretty Sydney sort of player, sort of a, I guess you call him a general midfielder. Um, he's plays a little bit on. I wouldn't say he's an outside mid, but he sort of plays in the middle area, and he seems pretty consistent, and he should be good for them in their system, in my view. I find Which... this one hard because I probably rank Ling lower than anyone else in the country. Oh, there you go. So, so, yeah, I just sit there and go, I just don't see anything that's going to be elite footballer. Um, 
he's had a chance in a top TAC Cup team and he hasn't really taken a game apart all year. Mm. Like yeah. he, show, he shows a little bit every now and then. And even then, everybody talks about his line and dash. I can't recall ever seeing him running, carrying the ball and then delivering long. Always delivered short. Mm. Mm. Not a bad thing. No, no, no. It's just, yeah. I, I know I am on my own with how low I project him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he might have, on, on that count, he might have stood out in a year where there seemed to be a lot of guys prepared to just hoof it as far as they could. Mm. <laughs> well, that's true. Look, Jack Higgins did find his way to a Richmond at 17, and look, they've got to be laughing all the way to the bank with that one because <laughs> they've picked up an absolute oh. gun. Um, yes. After winning a premiership. They've had a really good draft. It's so annoying. Like later in it as well. Yeah. And Higgins will be a walk-up start next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He'll he'll play just about every game, you would think. Um, He's a better option than, you know, probably three or four players in that side already, I would say. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And the Lions went uh, with Bailey and Starsvich. So two smalls, um, both with a fair bit of talent. Um both with some knocks on them, I guess. Uh, Starsevich at 18, that that was a bit of a surprise. Um, I expected him to go a little bit later than that, but uh, you can certainly see the talent there. Oh, look, I, I, we're all, I think we're all fans of Starsevich, just about. Um, yep. Zach Bailey seemed pretty early, uh, like at 15, like that still seemed... Especially, as we've already said, with Jack Higgins on the board, like that just seems really strange, but... Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, they'll, they'll be hoping that he can turn into a Rory Sloan type because he, he gets a lot of the ball. He's a hard runner. Um, he just needs to really fix his disposal. Um, that's probably well, the, the big knock on him. Sideways, way too much. Sideways is his first option. Sideways. I hate mids who do that. Yeah. I, I don't mind every now and then if you're looking sideways to break up the play, but when it's your go-to play, that makes me cringe. Yep, agree. Yep. And then came Gold Coast, who uh, <laughs> decided with a pretty decent pick at uh, pick 19 to pick the player that uh, was half-rumoured pre-draft, and that was Will Power from Claremont, who uh, couldn't make WA's under-18 side. Um, only averaged 14 touches a year at Colts level. What are they seeing, Mish? What are they seeing in Will Power to make them pick him above say, Oscar Allen and Lockie Fogarty and Tim Kelly and probably 40 or 50 other players? Well, they think he's going to be another Martin. I just sit there and go, you are kidding yourself. Martin? Um, Which one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's. There's. Oh. Jack, another Jack Martin. They think it's another Jack Martin. I just sit there and go, oh, you are kidding. Even if you do rate him, you don't pick him that early. Like you sit there and go, I, take a I'll take him with my next pick. Uh, it's like, if, if we had picked 20, you don't bloody get there and pick bloody Joel Garner because you know damn well your intel is telling you he's going to not go before pick 50. Mm. So you just wait wait till it's closer to that pick before you pick him. Yes. Uh, it's a strange one. It is such a strange... It is such... As we said sort of pre-podcast, it's such a Scott Clayton pick. And 
Yep. It just it just rings of Christian Howard once again. Yep. Yep. Even even if it's a successful pick and he turns out to be a good player, I still think they've taken him too early based on what the other clubs were going to do. Unless they yeah. can show that another club was going to take him soon after. Yeah. Yeah, it's look. It's a weird one, and I guess it kind. Of, I guess it kind of puts Port Adelaide into perspective, in that we definitely used to be the club that you'd go, oh god, we drafted someone about a round too early. Um, you know, back in the day, we haven't done that for a while now. Yeah. Um, not since the MP, I guess, might be the last one you might say was a bit early, but um, even then, you could make a case for it. MP sort um, of went about where people thought he would go. Uh, mm, like Will Power has just so come thought, from nowhere. Like, Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, MP went where people thought he'd go because everybody thought Port would take him. Mm. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very rare to to have a player such as Will Power, who's essentially unheard of, uh, just fly up the rankings on the last day, and it's just, it's just bizarre. It's it's truly bizarre. He could turn out to be a really good player. And uh, as Mish said, I would still not agree with it at all. I, I just don't understand it. Um, you know, you could have probably easily picked him up with their next pick at pick forty-two, and uh, got someone even better than Ballard at pick nineteen. So I don't know, bit of a strange one for them. But uh, that's Scott Clayton. That's why you probably don't let <laughs> your head recruiter that's leaving at the end of the year do your picks for you. No, exactly. So how did Is the how did the rest of the draft go before Port's first pick at 47? How did you think it went? Oh, um, I, mean, for me, I, I, I reckon it went silly. I think it went very silly between 20 and 40. Hmm. With people reaching all over the place rather than taking solid picks. And it really left between 40 and 60 with a lot of solid players to pick. Hmm. Right. It did. It, it really did. And you look, I know we sort of felt the same on draft night. Um, yeah. We were pretty excited at the players that were getting called up. And it was almost similar to last year as well. You know, we saw Brent Daniels go at 27 to GWS. Yeah. That was maybe a bit early. Charlie Spargo at 29. Tom DeConning at 30 was a bit of a surprise. Um, Melbourne calling out Bailey Fritch at uh, 31. Braden Ainsworth at 32 yep. seemed really early. Yeah. Um, Tom McCartan. Tom McCartan. Oscar Claverino yep. even. The names just kept coming. Yep, yep. It was just reach after reach, and it was like, just wait, these guys. This is getting exciting. This <laughs> player's on the board. This player's on the board. This player's on the board. It's just like, we're going to have to do well to stuff it up from here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was a little bit depressed between uh, 23 and 26 when Will Walker, Tim Kelly, Noah Bolter, and Liam Ryan all went in succession. I thought, oh, bugger. That's, that's four big um, ones yes, on my yep. draft list gone. And it's just like, oh, no, this is, you know, they're just going to keep calling out these names that uh, they were interested in. But uh, thankfully it didn't really happen. You know, I reckon the Crows got yeah, a bargain no. at uh, at forty with uh, Andrew McPherson, and even Collingwood yes. with uh, Nathan Murphy at thirty nine. Big bargain there. Yeah. Well, Nathan, as I said, I'm not confident on Murphy, but at thirty nine, he's worth the punt. At nineteen, he's not. So, mm. but yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah, had those four go, but. When those names got called out, it was like, well, I wasn't expecting them to get through to ours anyway. Yeah. 
yeah, when, when you're all of a sudden seeing the names that were going to be available, it's like far out. There is just the one torment for me, uh, and that is pick 45 to Hawthorne for James Warple, which is like oh. two picks away from us. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then I, I kind of thought about it. Oh, amazing pick. But then I kind of thought, they just lost Vickery. Why didn't they pick Hayes? You know, like, why did. <laughs> that? That's kind of a straight swap almost, really, isn't it? You know, a, guy, a ruckman that can play forward pretty reliably. Like, that just seemed like if that's the player type you wanted last year, why isn't it now? I don't know. Oh, again, I think they found out their midfield really needs some work. Yeah, so, well, that'd be right. fair. Yeah. Well, that's it. Because their young midfielders haven't come on for ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Wolf going to Hawthorne, of all, cl- of all clubs, I mean, if you didn't end up at Brisbane, you go, oh, it's good for Brisbane, and then worry about it in five years' time. But, you know, at Hawthorne, it's like, I don't want them to get good players ever. <laughs> <laughs> No, very true. And then St Kilda took Ben Patton, which uh, opened the door for pick 47, which was Eastern Rangers ruckman Sam Hayes. Uh, and I guess it's time to talk to uh, talk about him in a bit more detail. Um, we were pretty excited on draft night, Porsche, and uh, yeah. I'm sure Mish was uh, when he heard the news as well. Yes, yes, it was that fist pump. I was like, yes, right. You wanted a ruckman, and I thought I thought you might have a slight chance of Calvin Jones getting through, but lead up to the draft, it was like, well, he's going to bloody go. So we're not going to have ruckman, so we'll just wait till the end of the draft to pick one. It was like, fuck. That was. You called it about five picks out. We're going to get him. It was just like, and it was. <laughs> he is just. Um, okay, you... I went on about it in the Phantom. It's like 203-centimetre guys lack endurance. Well, ain't that a surprise? Yeah. yeah. They always... It's their physical makeup. They've got bloody young bodies that this blood's trying to pump all the way around, and it just doesn't do it. It doesn't oxygenate. Yeah. They don't get oxygen around their bodies to have endurance. Yeah. Um, so it's part of their growing process. He can mark. He can kick the ball. Not the best kick, but he can kick the ball. He's good with his hands. He's good with his tap work. For somebody who hasn't got great endurance, he still finds the ball around the ground. Yeah. And it's not just the lazy kick or the free kicks from the thing. He finds right space to be able to be used in linking. So, And then there's one footage of Chera's footage where Chera's kicked the ball over his head on a lead from full forward. He's just turned on a dime and it's gone straight back for the footy and the fullback's just gone five metres past him before he can even turn. And I was like, if you've got that sort of agility, if you can turn out your opponents inside out at that height, you're going to be very good up forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw the photos from training today. Apparently he's chopped his hair off. So uh, there you go. It seems to be a trend, doesn't it? Yes. Um, yep. You guys. Look, I'm pretty stoked with this pick. Uh we talked about um, how you want a ruckman to come up behind um, Patrick Ryder in the rankings. And, you know, as far as guys that can interchange, like Frampton theoretically forward and ruck, uh, obviously Ryder forward and ruck, and then you've got Sam Hayes forward and ruck. Like, you know, we've got some real options now as far as uh, even just bringing those two guys on, you know, if, which if you're informed, fellas, you might get a shot. Um, so they're going to have a good, comp- healthy competition between each other um, yes. at uh, Mayfair's level. 
So it'll be really good for us, I reckon, this uh, this scenario. Um, and it does just give us certainly um, a player that I think has probably got a bit more going for them if he does have to get a sudden call up than Matthew Lobby. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Look, for all his apparent endurance issues, like he still averaged 16 disposals a game this year. Like, it's yeah. yeah. pretty good for someone that's not yeah. able to run, yeah. apparently. Uh, what's he going to do when he's actually fit? I remember a couple of them, he sat at full forward the whole game too. Yeah. So he really sit there and go, well, actually, your average is a bit more than that. So. Yeah, there was one game he kicked yeah. six goals and he only had six kicks. And uh, yep. so you can probably bump his average up to probably 18 when he's actually playing on the ball. Um, you know, yep. he, he just finds a lot of the ball. He's a very, very smart player. I can't believe he was there at 47. I know... Yeah, a lot of recruiters and a lot of people say, oh, I can't believe this player was there. But this is gen- genuinely one of those what-the-fuck sort of moments. Like, how on earth did he drop that far? Well, I mean, in the in the, in the in our fandom, we were talking about him. Like, I think I picked well, someone. Did I pick him? Someone picked him, you know, in the first round. We said that's a good him. pick for yep. the club. Yeah, yeah, that's a good pick for that club. Please, and what else? Yeah, pick 16 we had him at, I think. So, yeah, um, yeah no, no, it's... Uh... It's not bullshit. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I'm still pin- <laughs> pinching myself. It, yeah, 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 yeah. We were that excited, so it's good. And, and it's not like he's just a, he's a very raw toll. Like, he knows how to play footy, as you said, Mish. He knows where to run. He knows how to get the ball. He can play really, really well up forward. He takes a really strong contested grab, kicks goals. Um, I really, really like him as a forward. I reckon he'll get games next year at AFL level, and I reckon we'll see him playing in a forward pocket. Uh, it really depends on if we do a reversion, like if we decide after playing pre-season with multiple tolls, we decide we're going to go back to one or something like that. You never know. So I'm not going to... But he could. He should be I able don't, to... I don't see him playing next year. And I'm okay. hoping that he won't. Because Why? I'm expecting... Well, I'm expecting big things from Frampton and Marshall. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's got to pass them to get games, as far as I'm concerned. So we're either getting haunted by injuries or we're not playing well. I just expect him yeah. to play that well in the SANFL. I reckon he's going to nail it at that level and he's going to come on a lot quicker than what people will expect. Yeah. yeah. I think he'll still come along quick. I just don't think it will be that quick. Not many Ruckman do much in their first year. Yeah. No, that's true. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Grundy's probably the last one to have a half reasonable first year. Yeah. And even then people are calling that a flop of a pick. And it's just like, you're kidding me. <laughs> yes. Well, look, let's move on. I think we're all very, very excited about Sam Hayes and, uh, and what he can do for Port Adelaide. It's just unbelievable that he fell that far. Um, I, I still can't believe it. It doesn't make any sense. And look, there's no guarantee that he's going to make it. Um, but, you know, he, he's going to have every chance because uh, he's going to learn under, you know, Paddy Ryder, who's the best ruckman in the game. He's going to learn under Brendan Laid, who was a wonderful ruckman himself. Uh, he's going to have every chance to make it at Port Adelaide. Uh, the next few picks, we had pick 51 as well. Uh, we saw Oscar Baker go to Melbourne. We saw Jordan Houlihan go to Essendon. And then um, Jeff Parker decided to put a shock through uh, every Port supporter out there and bid on Tyler Brown. Um, 
for God knows what reason, unless it was just, uh, right, who's uh, who's drawing the short straw and who's bidding on this player. So Colling would have to take him, and we pulled the short, short straw. God, if it was his brother, I would have bid on him, but not him. God, that panic mode. It was like, please, please, please match it. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. That's uh, that's exactly how I felt uh, whilst half cut on uh, Friday night. I was like Tyler Brown, God no. Then I looked up where I, I was certain that I had him pretty low in my rankings, and I had him ranked 101. And I thought, oh my God, what are we doing? Well, I didn't even bother writing his name down. So <laughs> right, I was in play. I went, yeah, mate. Maybe in a couple of years' time, I might get interested, but. Um... Yep, not now. No. Yep. no thankfully, uh, thankfully, Collingwood uh, matched the bid, as they were always going to do. Um, but, yes. You don't let uh, a champion's son go away if you're Collingwood, um, even if he's pretty ordinary. I think they were always going to pick him. And that led us to uh, pick 51, which uh, which was Bendigo Pioneer's uh, midfielder, um, Kane Farrell, uh, who's 180 centimetres... Uh, play through the midfield, can play down back, can play a little bit up forward as well. Uh, I was excited about that. We spoke about him um, in the lead-up to the draft. We spoke about him on the Phantom draft. I was excited. Porsche, I think you're still uh, a little bit upset. Uh, I just feel like there are players that went shortly after him I would rather have on our list. Um and then the fact that it sort of became the start of a four-player trend of picking guys on the underside at 185 centimetres. Like, you know, I'm, I, this, this, this off-season has had me liking the most guys under 185 centimetres as far as draftability. Um, but I still didn't want us to take more than maybe one or two. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, it's, it's... And, like, they're not under, but it's... I don't know, like, we've, we've gone from... Having like Palmer, Archie, Young, all at you know nearly well, 188 centimeters or something like that to three, you know, replacing him with guys that are much lower on that, it's not a huge problem. It does for me say that next year, okay, well, unless we make some pretty big changes, we, we can't afford to draft any more little guys. We've got to we've got to draft big, but we've got the picks to do that, so maybe. But um, as far as uh, Farrell himself, I just don't rate him. I don't rate him. I, I think that he he's, he looks all right as a as a I guess you call him a link man. Um, but not. I don't call him a Pollock-type link man. Um, I'm finding it very hard to work out who I'd compare him to. But I think he's actually quite a lot like our own Carl Amon, to be honest, and I expect oh. him to maybe do a pretty similar role. I know I compared him to Jake Lloyd in the, uh, in the pre-draft uh, previews mm. that we did, and I do see him as that sort of player. Look, I love his kick. He's one of the best kicks in this draft. And as I said all along, I just want players that can kick this year. And he certainly can kick. Uh, he can find the ball. Um, Jeff Parker said that uh, he really sort of uh, became noticed when he started playing up forward. Uh, so maybe there might be that sort of lead-up half-forward type role for him to play. Well, from my perspective, I'm glad to hear that. Because uh, a guy who plays very outside but they're building something forward, I can tolerate for the kind of fence that is really outside and just sort of receives and kicks on a bit, um, I would be really shitty with. So the fact he's going to be played forward and focused as a forward, I'm pretty stoked about that part. Yeah. So that's fine. Mish, what are your thoughts, mate? I went back and watched my only Bendigo game that I've got and went, okay, I've got to watch this kid again. It's like watching the first half. It's like, oh, my God. 
what have we done? Yeah. And then the second half, they swung him forward, and it was like a late kick after a late kick, and it was just like, okay, now I can see what they see. I can see the speed and all that. Down back is useless. Yeah. So he'll never play down back for Port Adelaide. Oh, that's all right. Uh, he is. Um, well, we always go ridiculous with our calls, aren't, don't we? Yeah. He mm. is a Gavin Wackenane forward. <laughs> wow. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's out there. <laughs> wow. He is just so creative. He'll make things happen up forward that you don't think are going to happen. It's a bit like on that highlights video where you see him kick around the corner and he just sort of of like struts and goes, how good was that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why I like him because he can kick. He can hit targets. And look, if he's going to play across half forward and uh, hit guys like Charlie Dixon and Todd Marshall on the chest every single time he goes inside 50, then bring it on. Yeah. One thing he does do wrong is he kicks the ball, it's hitting the target, and he stops. And forgets yeah. about what he should be doing next. It's how I finish my job rather than keep playing the game. So he's got to learn, even though he's hit the target, that he's then got to keep working on where the hell he's next going to influence the game. Yeah, that's a big one. But that, that's learning football. That's, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like it. And it's the pick in itself I like because it's a creative forward and we don't have them. Yeah, look, you know I'm a fan. I think there's something to work with there for sure. And uh, look, I'm excited to see him play up forward and uh, and hit our forwards on the chest. That's going to be something to see, I think. Because uh, we need that. We have too many players that uh, sort of kick it too long or too short or too wide or miss targets. And uh, hopefully he's uh, someone that can solve that issue. Um, there are a few picks between our next pick, which was uh, pick 58. And uh, I guess, thankfully, three of them were academy picks. Braden Crosley went to Gold Coast, Jack Payne went to the Lions, and Connor Nutting also went to Gold Coast. Um, <laughs> Brian Myers just went before our uh, next pick. and oh, what, uh, a shame. what a shame. <laughs> I would have liked him, but uh, we picked up someone else that, uh, that I did like as well, and that's Jake Patmore from Claremont, who's a 181-centimetre outside midfielder or halfback flanker as well. There's a lot of Peter Burgoyne, a lot of Matty Whelan in him. Um, what did you guys think of uh, the pick of Jake Patmore? I was pretty excited about it in in, in isolation. It's pretty good. Uh, I, I think we all agreed before the draft that we all thought he had a bit of potential. So, um, yep. yeah, no, it's a, certainly, uh, in my view, it's a, a good pick up for us and um, you know, provide a bit of depth and challenge, hopefully, for guys that are in that sort of halfback going forward role, um, which we might need. Yep. So I've, I've got him as a wingman, so he's a midfielder, mm. and he'll get shitloads of the ball inside and out. <laughs> so, yeah, he, yeah, he was fist pump moment. We got Hayes, we got him, and I was sort of like, well, it does not matter what we do with the next two people. <laughs> we we like can go it. draft Jack Seller and I'll still be happy. <laughs> Let's not go mm. overboard here. He went to the Crows at pick 12. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I was pretty excited about Jake Patmore as well. Look, he just knows how to get the ball. Like, he uh, he averaged 29 touches a game at Colts level for Claremont. He, uh, he had a high of 48 in round 22. So, 
he knows how to pick up obscene amounts of the ball. He's a hard worker. He's a hard runner. Uh, just continually presents and presents so that he uh, gets the chance to create for his side. Uh, I feel like he's a player that, that really demands to have the ball in his hands. He loves being the guy that sets up the play. And uh, and again, I'm more than happy for him to do that. I think he's going to play a lot of footy uh, for Port Adelaide. I think he's going to play a lot of footy next year for Port Adelaide too. He's certainly a good spot for Nathan Cracker if you're looking at list management. Um, yeah. Definitely. Look, I think um, I'll go out there and say I think he'll play round one. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe. Uh, he'll be the one that definitely plays next year. Right. And he'll get okay. a crack at it. How um, early will be interesting. Look, we've, yeah. we've shown a, uh, we've shown that we're not too scared to give uh, give young players a go pretty early on. We've done it a fair bit over the years. And uh, I, f- I just feel like he's the sort of player that's going to come out in the preseason and just go bang and uh, you know pick up 35 touches in the internal trial and do really well in the preseason stuff and uh, and get a chance pretty early on. Um, I think there's a lot to like about him. He, I think he's really going to complement our sort of backline or midfield pretty well. And uh, yeah, I- I'm really excited to see what he can do. I just hope he gets a crack at it before a lot of our list fillers are that we've drafted or traded in. Mm. Right. I'd rather see him get a go before we go back to Trengove and McKenzie. So, yeah, give him a game first, see if he can crack it. And if he can't hold up, we'll then give those others a go. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Uh, the next pick was uh, pick 59, which was Frio, and that was uh, Mitch Crowden, who uh, you were a big fan of, Porsche. So he went, uh, he went west. Yep. And, and then interestingly, we had two... sorry, I was going to say that yep. I also drafted Stefan Giro in the rookie draft. So they've gone a couple of those uh, uh, South Australian um, grinders, I guess. Interesting. Anyway, they did. Their uh, South Australian scout uh, certainly did his job. Yeah, you'd have to say. Sounds like. Um, yep. And then uh, we had two picks in succession. And the first one was uh, a play that I'm certainly keen on. That's Joel Garner, Big Bird himself from Eastern Rangers, who's uh, not so big at 183 centimetres, but uh, can play outside, can play again across a half-back flank, can play up forward as well. Um, I guess not too dissimilar to the last two players. Um, look, I rated him really, really highly. I had him at 15 and I had Sam Hayes at 14. So I was absolutely loving the fact that... Uh, we picked up these two players. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I mean, he's got a... I guess he's, again, like Matthew Ling, in respect, I'd say he's a guy that you probably describe as a general midfielder. Like, I, th- I think he's going to be a midfielder. Um, and it's just going to be interesting to see how he fits into the port lineup. really. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He was a guy I didn't think Port would draft, so I didn't really, I haven't really thought about him all that much in that context. I just thought, oh yeah, he'll go to somewhere in that glut of picks in that second round period, um, but he didn't. So it's it's just kind of surprising. Um, but yeah, it's it, as part of that batch. He certainly, uh, you don't think he's got a pretty good chance? In what, in what second in line you'd say? Mm. The, the smaller ones. That's it. Look, we didn't even um, mention his name in the Phantom at all at any stage yes. of that podcast. Well, I, I just assumed that he would go somewhere in the second round and that'd be it. Yeah, um, yeah. I was, yes. again, very shocked that he was there at 60 and uh, certainly happy that we picked him up. Yep. He's 
games. He just does not dominate a game. He hasn't taken a game by the throat all year. He pops up and does this very well and does that very well and has his 15 disposals or whatever, but he just hasn't grabbed a game all year. And that's where he's got to take his footy to the next level. Um, because what he does is good. He's got yeah. great skills. He's got great strengths. He's got great poise. Just doesn't get the ball often enough. Yeah. Well, look, that's probably why he's dropped in the end as well, yeah. I, would, yeah. I would assume. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I love his leadership. He was captain for pretty much every footy team he played for this year. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I really like this pick. I feel like he can uh, certainly impact for us. Uh, going forward, um, playing through the midfield, I really, really like. I think he's capable of doing a bit of a shutdown role. Uh, I really like what he can do to get out of traffic. I love the fact that uh, he's someone that just gets the ball and takes off. And, um, you know, he, at some sometimes it doesn't seem like uh, he cares what's in front of him. He'll just take off anyway. And uh, that's both good and bad. Um, and that's uh, that might be something that he needs to sort of work on a little bit, is uh, sort of determining when to go. Um, I feel like he's got definite AFL traits in him. Yep, and I yeah. think his best role is high half forward. Okay. You know, I think he's a very good mark, and then when he he can use the ball real well, mm. and yeah, he's just balanced and calm. Yep. Fair and then with the very next pick, we picked uh, Don Barry who uh, has experienced AFL before with Melbourne. He played four games there. Uh, he had a cracker year for Glenelg this year, running up and down the wing. Uh, averaged 20 disposals, kicked uh, almost a goal a game for them as well. And uh, it was very, very consistent for Glenelg. Um, look, he just seems like a German MP replacement, to be honest. Yeah, you'd say so. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm falling quiet again, aren't I? Yeah. This is the pick that probably missed me for our list management. It was like, yeah, he's a solid pick and all that, but I sat there and went, now we're leaving ourselves a tall short. Mm. Uh, I thought we had to go tall with that pick to keep our list balanced. Um, I think we're heading into the season one tall too short, which... As long as everybody stays fit, it's probably not a bad thing. And you look at our defenders, if you're drafting a tall defender, well, probably backing in our tools to have a career anyway, so we don't need someone to replace me in three years' time. But then I sit there and go, well, then you just draft a key forward who you think's got bloody potential, Mm. and you churn them out two years if they're no good. Yeah. yeah. But Barry and himself... He's got the speed, he's got the run and carry. Foot skills are okay, I don't think they're elite, but they're okay. So, as your Matthew White replacement, just pure speed on the outside. Yeah. Mm. So, in itself, it's not a bad pick as a list management, I sort of question it a bit. I feel like we've seen a hole there in terms of speed, and we've just gone Don Barry fills that need and he can play straight away. Again, I think he's someone that if he has a good pre-season, he might be in the mix for round one uh, just because we may need that sort of speed. Um, but look, I, I agree in terms of list management. Ben Miller was still there. He went two picks after to Richmond at uh, pick 63. I would have really liked Ben Miller at that stage yeah. of the draft, but I'm not 
I'm not unhappy we picked Don Barry because I feel like he um, he's going to provide something pretty interesting for our club and uh, pr- uh, provide a lot of X factor. And uh, look, you know, second chance for him. He knows um, this is going to be it for him at AFL level, and uh, hopefully he makes every uh, every chance a winner. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm just talking about um, wanting Ben Miller. What happened to Nathan Kruger? Well, we'll talk about that a bit later. Um, okay, I reckon because cool. we, yep. we've got a question about him as well from the Big Footy uh, forum as well. So we'll save him for ah. for a bit later on. But uh, I guess some Ooh. of those other players that went after we were we spoke about a fair bit as well. Kyron Hayden went to North Melbourne. Dylan Moore at sixty seven seemed. Um, Seemed like another sort of slider for them. Uh, Angus Schumacher, we spoke about a fair bit. Uh, he went to Carlton at 70. Jackson Ross uh, at 71 to the Hawks as well. Uh, super excited that Tristan Zeri got uh, picked up by North Melbourne. And um, look, Frio just went nuts with the uh, mature age Ruckman after that. They picked up Lloyd Meek and Scott <laughs> Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a sneaky drafting of Cassidy Parrish a bit later on. Um, Presumably they're going to start getting in Darcy Parrish's ear now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's it. Um, I guess, yeah, a a very late surprise was Carlton picking Jared Garlett. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. I like picking that late. I guess we start getting beyond surprises. (laughs) I don't know. Well, I just didn't. It was just a name that came out of nowhere. That came up in about July, and I'd just totally forgotten about it. Okay. I was like, yep, okay, yep. Hadn't heard anything more and totally forgot about it, and then they picked and went, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Somebody said that. I was like, yep. Again, fair, fair talent to be drafting at that point, but whether you can turn that talent into performance would be interesting. Yes, that's it. Uh, the... Pre-season draft was uh, interesting for the fact that uh, our boy Camo Sexy got redrafted to uh, Carlton. Yeah. So good on him. Yeah. Um, yes. I still love him. He's still one of my favourite players. So uh, I'm absolutely stoked that he's getting a second chance. And uh, look, that, that's the sort of club that um, that would certainly be good for Cam. He's going to get plenty of opportunity there, especially with uh, Sam Doherty out. Um, yeah. So he's going to get plenty of chances to play and play straight away and uh, look hopefully he makes a, a really good crack at it yeah good luck to him and that is like you say that is a perfect fit uh, for a club not least because he was playing with the Northern Blues last year or this, this year anyway so he knows probably a lot of the players um, yep. just works out really well that's yep. it and then the uh, the rookie draft um, was just a big mix of um, redrafted players, essentially. Bailey Banfield uh, went to Frio at five. We spoke about him. We were pretty keen on him. Um, and then, uh, I guess, yeah, we picked up Lindsay Thomas, which we knew was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty... Um, pretty. Adding another guy. That's <laughs> 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 something we definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's interesting because... After the draft we had, I sit there and go, Lindsay Thomas is now not what we need. We've got enough of all yeah. that. So it's almost as like, if we're going to draft like that, why did we promise him we'd pick him up? But then you go to the raw, raw 
data and go, what has he kicked, excluding last season where North Melbourne put a line through him as a forward because they wanted to develop others. When did the three years before he's kicked, what, 120 goals or something ridiculous like that? Yeah. It's like, if we get 40 goals out of him on the forward line, well, then it's bloody perfect rookie pick. So. Yeah. But uh, just what you saw last year makes it so hard. And then the, uh, the cringeworthy playing for free kicks, the giving free kicks away, it's like, my God, our free kick count's bad enough as it is, no matter how <laughs> somebody gets kicked free kick and gives away too. Yeah. But, yep. In the end, it's low-risk insurance, really. Um, Does he play? How many games does he play? I'm really not too sure. I do expect him to play some AFL next year. Um, And, look, it might be the the sort of thing where he just sort of gets a second wind up and uh, gets a chance mid-year and plays a couple of really good games and finds himself in in the side for the rest of the season. It does. It look. It does feel from the outside like we made a promise, and then we sort of well, okay, we we got to follow through because we're the club that keeps promises. Um, mm. yeah. yeah, 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 you have to. Yeah. But one thing you know about Thomas is he will give it his everything. Yeah. He will turn up every day and do as much as he can. Well, even as an eighteen-year-old, he was the one kid who impressed you with how much he wanted to be an AFL footballer. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that sort of adds to the competitive environment we're sort of hoping is going to happen at training this year. Um, You know, I guess that's the good thing about this. Like, you might say that to Hazel, take a little bit to come on. The other guys should be at least being a real pain in the ass at training every 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 game every every week, basically. Like, there's no there's no uh, long term guys. You're going to say, oh, they might be a bit off. And I don't think we've got any season long missing guys or anything. It should be a really good competitive environment with everyone thinking they've probably got a shot um, of making the team. So it's going to be good for Port Adelaide. And I guess Lindsay Thomas is just going to be a part of that, really. So that's fine. But you sit there and look at our list. It's going to be hard to get a game as a fringe player. Yeah. But it's and also when, impossible. When you get when, when you get your game, you're not going to bloody want to let it go for anything. No, exactly, right. exactly. Mm. And likewise, if you are the fringe player in the team, you're going to play your butt off so that these guys don't get a go. Yeah. Yeah. And so that'll be a really great motivation for the team throughout the season, as long as we don't revert to gold passes for guys that are underperforming. That'll kill it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, again, there are certain players you give gold passes to. Oh, some, like, but... Like, like Robbie Gray gets oh, allowed sure? a shitload of bad performances before you even think about dropping him because you know he's going to come good. Yeah. But like, not German MP, but, you know. <laughs> well, well that's, that's the thing. You would hope... But, again, I hope that the kids still get given a go before some of these fringe players... Yeah, yeah. So they can't stand up, let these fringe players take the role. Mm. But they've earned the role. But, yeah, it's it's exciting that we our next midfield group this year is not going to be Archie, Young, Palmer. It's like, yeah, it's going to have a different look to the next group that's coming in. That's what I'm excited about as well. We've got rid of the deadwood that uh, that you know we'd given plenty of chances to in the past, and they weren't able to be successful. Time to bring on the uh, 
time to ring on the new uh, the new era and uh, and see what they can do. Quick, quick, yeah. quick question: Is um, Matty Thompson the last player on our list now? Oh, I think he was before the draft. <laughs> I know. I'm just wondering. Like, is he? There was always a chance that he might not have been, but is he? Can we confirm that is the case again? Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay. He, he would have to have a blinder of a year to stay oh. on the list. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Disney movie year, you know. <laughs> I feel like we've only given him an extra year just so that we can actually make the Delisty quota next year. Almost. Yep. Yep. Mm. Look, uh, yeah, as we said, um, look, most of the picks in the rookie draft were redraftees. Uh, GWS followed their theme of picking up other teams' hacks by uh, picking up Dylan Buckley from Carlton. <laughs> and they decided to pick up their own hack again in Sam Reed for about the third time. Uh, so good on him there. Uh, Stuart Crammery went to uh, Geelong, which uh, provides some good depth there. And uh, Gordon Arry went to North Melbourne. That's a good pick. I really like that pick. Stefan Giro de Frio, we, we talked about. That's good as well. I guess the one that I'm really happy with is um, Joel Amati getting a crack at, uh, at Sydney after his uh, heartbreaking moment in the TAC Cup Grand Final. It's good that uh, someone's taken a punt on him. Oh, yeah. Um, for me, I'm pretty stoked to see Tony Alengo finally getting a shot at um, West Coast. That'll be mm. interesting. Um, and of all the clubs that we're going to draft him, I'm really glad that Trent Minot ended up at uh, Essendon because he just seems like a real Henry Slattery type. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Oh, I like it. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. Essendon, according to me, God, they've absolutely had a shocker draft. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Don't like anything they've done. Oh, so, you're not going to yeah, have a crack okay. at Matt Guelphy, are you? <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. Settle. Settle down. So you don't like Jordan Hallahan? No, no. I'm not a fan of his. Yep. Yep, I just sit there and went, it was a nothing draft. Yeah. Um, I mean, Zerk Thatcher was I like Hallahan. I have no idea why they went Zerk Thatcher at 66. Matt Guelphie. Oh, look, I'm really happy that uh, he got a crack. Uh, Trent Minot, yeah. yeah. Meh. It's not a great draft yeah. for them, to be honest. It's, it's oh, really not, oh. not a great draft. Um, <laughs> but then they didn't have great picks either. So, But then you look at what we did, and you just feel like we, say, we, we did a hell of a lot better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I still think uh, Richmond absolutely nailed it. Given uh, oh, the piece did. that they had, yeah, yeah. Oh, the shits yeah. to, uh, to win the premiership yes. and then add Jack Higgins at seventeen. Noah Bolter at twenty-five is a great pick. Ben Miller at sixty-three is really good. Callum Coleman Jones at twenty probably went a bit early compared to what most people were thinking, but um, I'm really happy that he did. To be honest, <laughs> you just wanted Hayes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And uh, look, to end up getting Patrick Nash, I don't really rate all that highly, but to get him at 34 and not have to really spend anything to get him, yeah, um, yeah. You know, that's that's a bargain pick for them too. Yeah. They've done well. No doubt about that. I'm a little bit annoyed that they didn't have a draft year like we did in 2004 where it was just absolutely destroyed with all these really good picks that we had. But um, hmm. Adam Thompson... Uh, Willets, Ryan Willets. Uh, I know we picked Ben Eckerman, a whole bunch of yeah, 
That's what a premier. This is what a premiership. That's what a premiership team's draft is supposed to be like. Not this. This is ridiculous. Not, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I've, I've never seen a premiership team have such good draft. No. Yeah. Good for them, I guess. Um, right. Mm. Let's talk about some of the players that missed out. And look, the, the yeah. main one, I guess, is someone that we spoke about a hell of a lot. And he was number eighteen on my rankings, and that's Nathan Kruger. Who's uh, the uh, the tall defender, tall forward from South Adelaide? Uh, I was super keen to get him, um, but I just feel like he just didn't deliver this year, and that's probably what's uh, caused him to miss out. I'm still surprised because there were so many players that seem to be picked heavily on potential, and he's got a shitload of that. So I just don't. I'm not sure why he was the odd man out. Like, you know, we just talked about Zerk Thatcher. Like, how did he get picked up? Like, he got picked up ahead of Kruger. That just seems weird to me. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Mish, maybe you got my insight because I've got nothing. I, uh, I, yeah. He didn't do enough to force himself to get picked. So he left it open that he wouldn't get picked. Hmm. However, where did he play at the championships? Played across half forward. Across half forward. I absolutely get sick of SA and they're picking players and they put them at half forward at the championships and they don't get a chance to shine. Hmm. Chuck your players around more. Like, he gets stuck at half forward. Put him down bloody full back and center half back so he can bloody shine like Zerk Thatcher and bloody petty down back. Hmm. Let him get easy football. Let him... Let him show what he's got at that level. But too, too long we've just set, picked a state team and you play there the whole four rounds in that one position. You look yeah. at Vic Metro and Vic Country, they throw their players around. Yeah. As a recruiter, it's great because you get to see them play in different positions. Mm. Like, oh, God, I've, I'm shocking on names. Bloody feral. TAC, he gets chuffed around the team and eventually he finds a place where he shines. Yep. You get Buddy Smithson, gets shoved at the forward pocket centre. We wouldn't even have a bloody clue if Smithson can play off a half-back flank or a back pocket. And the same with Buddy James. Yeah. Buddy is much. We just wouldn't bloody have a clue if he could bloody play in a back pocket because all he's played is midfield and that's all we see of him. Right. Yep. Our teams not throw players around enough for them to get drafted. Mm. Oh, absolutely sick of it. And yeah. the problem is, lovely, we've got a change of coach this year. We bring in a new coach, and he has got a history of doing exactly the same thing. Having star kids playing him in one position, they leave his club because he gets bored. They get bored because they're not getting a chance. So we can see that that's going to happen with the bloody state team again next year is the team that we name round one's going to be the same. It's round two, round three, round four. Um, and they play in the same positions in internal games. It's just, oh, these fringe players don't get given the chance that they should. So if you were to win games, did I just have a rant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good rant. No one's disagreeing. Nah. Look, I, I, I rated him highly just purely for his raw athleticism. Like, he's lightning quick. Yeah. He can take the game on. And I just thought, God, you get him in the right environment and he's going to really shine. But 
Look, you look at it, there's queries over his ability one-on-one. He didn't have a great year. He, he did really struggle for South Adelaide to get any sort of form going. And I feel after 2016, he just didn't really develop. And that's probably why he's missed out this year. Um, will oh. he get a chance to do something next year? I think it's highly doubtful, to be honest. I think that's uh, that's his chance gone. Oh, oh yeah. no. No, it's never nice. your chance gone. But it is harder to get a chance. Mm. Under 18s is your easiest chance to get a chance at the bloody comp. However, it is, it's, you've got to do a Brayshaw, you've got to do a Guelphie, you have to knuckle down, go play state league footy, go play it well, and just keep putting your performances up and show that you've got something. Yeah. Um, too many too many of these kids throw in the towel too easily. A lot yeah. of the cl- I, I remember working at clubs going, you was just like to see this kid go around one more year before we pick him. And they just go, oh, nah, stuff. We'll go down Mount Gambier and play. Yeah. It's like, oh, you annoying person. Um, <laughs> like, you're yeah, yeah, close, and just because you haven't got given the go, you've just haven't come back. You've gone, oh, I've missed out on being drafted. I'm not persisting anymore. Where some of them are just like, really? It's like, you need another year to develop physically or whatever before we take it. Kruger, another year developing physically and could could turn up at South Adelaide playing reserves at full back and make the position his own. And then all of a sudden there's an easy draft. Mm. Yeah. Jordan Butts is the other one that that we got asked about uh, from Needs Gravy and, uh, and why he went undrafted. Oh, that was mostly on potential. Um, mm. It's kind yeah. of good that he has gone undrafted, though, I think. Uh, he'll, he'd, you'd have to imagine he'd get invited to come back and play as an overage. I don't know, depending oh, on what Big Metro's team is, or um, Murray's, um, not Murray, Big Country's team is next year and what's going on. But, you know, because he, he's the last day of the draft of availability, so you have to get another shot, you think. Yeah. yeah. You would think Murray will give him as a 19-year-old and then he'll yeah. get into the country team as a 19-year-old. Um, again, he just has to start having games where he actually dominates. Yeah, yeah. Rather than just does enough to play his role, he needs to do a little bit more than play his role at under 18's level, which yeah. is probably what we're talking about Kruger. He just has to do more than go and footy. Mm-hmm. Snozaloo mm-hmm. uh, asked... Out of all of the draftees from this crop, who do you think is the most likely to get a game in the seniors in 2018? Patmore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Patmore. Yeah, I, as I said, I think Patmore will play round one. So I think he'll certainly be the first one. I think Don Barry might play the most games. Um, I still think uh, maybe Sam Hayes might get a couple of games here or there. I think Farrell and Garner might have to wait a little bit, but... Uh, certainly, Pat Moore, I, I think, has the uh, the potential to play really early. Uh, Interstater has asked, um, which of our trades and draftees will impress the most in 2018? Uh, if you mean crowd, please, I don't know, probably Motlock. If you mean in terms of getting people to cheer madly, it's probably going to be Watts. And in terms of actual consistent performance, I'm going to say probably um, Rockliffe. 
I think people will be surprised how good Rockcliffe is. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Peck has asked, how long do Ruckman take to develop in general and how badly does it affect the number of games they play? I feel like some Ruckman take five to six years to get there and then only manage three to four really good years. Thinking this is why you would almost never draft a Ruckman in the first round. Uh, well, it really comes down to the Ruckman. It certainly does almost seem like one of those things where if they're not worth a top five pick, then maybe they go in the second round later. Yeah. Um, it's because those guys that go in the first round at right, that early, they usually play games in their first year. Um, there is an interesting side effect, I kind of feel like, as far as slow Ruck development uh, in the form of free agency, which goes entirely based on your time on the list as opposed to games played. Uh, and I guess that there might be a little bit extra feeling of being exposed for players that develop slowly um, in that they'll hit their um, their years played probably just when they're getting into their prime as a Ruckman um, and they'll probably get the big contract uh, at that point or theoretically might be poachable at that point too. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think it's the, that case of... And also the, the game's trended away from... You know, there's no pure Ruckman in the league. Anyway, like everyone's got to be able to be able to do more than just ruck. They've got to be able to, you know, in a pinch, be able to play a different position a bit at least, or be uh, effectively a midfielder um, when they're not doing the tap. So it's just uh, the changing role of ruckman, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, f- I think they're just considered a risk to draft in the first round because you just don't know what they're going to be like when they develop and, and how long yeah. it's going to take them. Um, they do take longer because most of them come in undersized and have to try and put on you know 10 kilos of muscle, which does take time on a 200-centimetre frame, and it comes with risk. Mm. You know, Do they lose their athleticism? Can their body handle it? Do they become injury-prone because of it? Well, by the time uh, they get the frame, you know, has the game moved on to a different type of ruckman? And um, you know, it feels like... Uh, you know, the, the dominant ruckman does sort of change a fair bit. Uh, pretty pretty consistently and pretty regularly. Um, so if you've put sort of five years into someone, uh, there's every chance that uh, that player might actually end up being redundant by the time he's ready to play. And um, you look at the players that have actually sort of flopped in the first round um, in terms of Ruckman, and that's, you know, guys like uh, Barry Brooks and Jason Laycock. John Meeson was meant to be really good, didn't make it. Cameron Wood, Ace Cordy, Daniel Gorringe, uh, Lawrence Angwin for other reasons. And... You know, there may be a couple of others that can be considered flops as well. Maybe even Matty Loby a little bit. Um, look, yeah. if, if you finish near the bottom and get a decent first round pick, you know, supporters almost demand some sort of instant return and you know to to provide a bit of hope and um, to help them believe that uh, you know you, you'll get out of the doldrums soon enough. And a ruckman that might take three to four years to develop and then may not actually make it still um, doesn't really provide that sort of hope, does it? Yeah. yeah. So so they take four years to develop, so it virtually means they're limited to a 200-game career yeah. if you're an elite ruckman. If you're an elite mid, you've got that 300-game career because you can play in the mid straight away. Yep. Right. Unless you're a freak like Grundy who can play first year. But, yeah, that generally doesn't happen. Mm. And then the problem is because you need them on the list four years to find out whether they're any good, I, you, it's pretty hard to flick a ruckman after two years. 
yes. is in age two, only halfway through developing them. Yeah, and then you get to then you get to the situation where Sydney were right, they had a ruckman and they've got another one, and then they had this third one who was sitting there going, "Well, I'm ready to play AFL." Mm. And I was like, "Well, I'm going to another club." And gone are the good days of where you trade out a ruckman and get good value for your trade. That's you don't true. get good value for your trades anymore. So, yeah, that's like they got nothing for the ruckman that went to Richmond. Um, yep. So mm. it does make does make you wonder sometimes whether you should even bother worry about drafting a ruckman and developing them. You could just go poach them for a second round draft pick. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess those things come in waves, don't they? Um, yes. In the, yep. If, yep. if you're the team that's sort of saying, okay, we're going to poach a Ruckman because it's all the trend now, then, you know, that'll stop being the trend because everyone's trying to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. It'll stop being affordable. So, yeah. I, I'm still a big one for you have four on your list. Four yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which so, is what we've got. So, yeah. <clears throat> I think that's fair enough. Look, they just take so long to develop. You look at uh, Matty Loby, for example. Like we took him with a you know, end of first round pick, I guess it was, and uh, yeah. took him sort of five years to start playing consistent AFL footy, and took him till his seventh year before he had his first good season, and then just like a flash, it all came crumbling down again. So he ended up playing ten years at Port Adelaide for one good year. Um, is it really worth it? Probably not. Um, you know, Redham was another one who was on the list for a very long time and, and didn't make it. Uh, you look at Jonathan Giles, who was on the list for, I think, five years and didn't play a single game. And uh, he took until his seventh year to get a crack at, uh, at GWS. And he ended up sort of uh, playing you know, a fairly decent career for, for where he started. But, mm. you know, just that sort of lead-up time. Um, it, there's yeah. just so much risk that... Uh, and look, you look at... Um, I would say pro rata, there's more ruck flops than there is any other position in the AFL draft, and especially first-rounders yeah. as well. And it's yeah. pre- it's pretty rare to get a first-round midfield flop these days that's not that's actual talent-based, not injury or mental-based. Um, yeah. You know, we see, like, yeah. maybe Jack Tringo's considered a flop now. He had a few good years, and then, you know, his career's been ruined by that foot yeah. injury. Um, mm. That's entirely not his fault. Uh, it's pretty rare to get like a, a Kane Lucas type, you know, talent-based flop in a first-round yeah. pick. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I mean, for yep. me, I think the probably the reason why I thought Hayes would Hayes would go earlier, it's the fact that he does have that second position um, that he could develop in. You know, um, that he could play in an AFL team theoretically uh, while he's getting a bit better. So you know. Um, I don't think every ruck that we talked about just then has that. I think most, a lot of them were really just sort of primary rucks and they could maybe play a quarter somewhere else, whereas I reckon Hayes could probably, you know, be like Brendan Layden, play most of the game there um, yep. when he was a young guy. So. Mm. Mm. And the last question is from CT Power, which is, why did we draft so many players in this year's draft in what was supposed to be a weak draft? Will we look to use all our picks in next year's draft or look to trade four or five picks for two or three higher picks? Um, it's going to depend on really how the next championships period goes and all that sort of stuff and what sort of types are available and how many there are. Um, I don't know, like we still, you know, still room for us to draft, you know, key position players are still room for us to draft the, 
a tall, pacey outside guy, um, you know, and it all depends on if players piss off as well. It's always a possibility. Yeah. Um, so, okay. You know, yeah. One thing about talking future drafts, when we sit here and say next year's a strong draft, mm. we sit here and say next year's top 30 is going to be strong. Mm. Oh, next year is going to be a weak draft. We're saying it's only the top 15 is going to be good. When we, so when they say next year is a strong draft, the top 30 is good. Nobody's actually even thought about what pick 60 is going to be like, whether that's good, bad or average. Mm. So there is an assumption because the top 30 is good that the rest of the draft is going to be good, but that doesn't necessarily have to pay out that pick 60 is going to be better than pick 60 this year. So I think loading up on first and second rounders for next year is okay. But if you're going to load up on fifth and sixth and seventh rounders, I think you might as well be doing it this year because the draft's probably going to be very similar down that depth. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I, I, mean, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we did, you know, say trade. One possibility is that we trade the two-thirds we got up for a second and we trade two of the seconds up a first or something like that, depending on later positions, you know, obviously, because we're relying on St Kilda and North. Mm. Um, we mm. could do something like that. So we end up with a, what, a two firsts and a second. I think that'd be all right. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. So what we got good. at the moment, a, sec- a first and two seconds and two thirds? Yep. Uh, in that scenario that I just described, it'd be get Yeah, yeah. So yeah you that's what we're starting. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, correct. Yeah, I would be happy to do something like that. Um, and I guess um, maybe we didn't really expect so many players to leave this year. That's why we had so many picks. Because um, uh, the players that uh, that wanted out just sort of kept on coming there for a little while. And uh, I'm happy with that. I'm happy to turn over the list. And look, we've got rid of a lot of dead wood. And what are your thoughts uh, on our draft period as a whole, guys? Uh, are we happy? Because, uh, I don't know, I feel pretty happy with the players that we've got. You mean the draft period or the off-season period? Cause no, the, the draft, draft period. The draft period. The draft. Yeah, look, the draft is. Um, I'm a little bit. I, th- I feel like we've gone a bit short um, after the haze as far as the actual draft. Um, I would have liked to see a bit more variety of type, but then again, like it's only last year I talked about how it was good that we were doing batching of sort of you know core midfielders. So I guess if we're doing that again this year with, you know, small outside forwards, then. You know, in two years' time, we'll work out which two of them we probably like, and then three will go. So, mm. yeah, it's it's all right if you take a long-term view, but uh, next year it just does feel like we're a little bit short. Yeah, um, there's not one pick that I sit there and go, "Oh my god!" Which therefore means I think I've done. They've drafted well. Then I may have picked different players at the same time, but there was no face palm picks. Going, oh, that's a stupid pick. Um, as I've said before, I'd like to see one more tall, but then there's no obvious tall. I sit there and go, my God, how did we not take him? Mm, I don't know. I still reckon you can make a case for Ben Miller. Oh, uh, you can make a case. I'm just saying it's not yeah. obvious. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. We, we got one Sandways, yeah. How, how, how the hell did we leave Alan on the board when we had the chance to pick him? It was not that sort sure, of thing. Sure. Yeah, okay. We took Hayes, the obvious one, when he was there, and then after that, there's some you could reach for, but there's no obvious, oh, my God, you have to take him. 
Okay, fair enough. Yep, I'm happy with that. And uh, that concludes the podcast for this season. What are your awards? Gosh, wow, it felt long. <laughs> it did feel like, it felt like a very long year. This is the 72nd podcast we've done this year, so it's, yeah. uh, it's I mean, certainly it been a long, long year. last year. It didn't feel as long last year, but this year felt really long. It did. It did. <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. Oh, well. Uh, we finally made our way back to finals, which was nice, and uh, went out yeah. in a strange fashion, as uh, was always going to be the case. But uh, look, onwards and upwards to uh, next year, and uh, hopefully we go a bit deeper. Well, I mean, there's... We've got a better list, so... Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, we've got a lot to go from not to go deeper. I mean, yeah, like like this year, we had a bunch of times where we, you know, you say, okay, we'll drop this person. You go, well, shit, who do we even bring in? But now we've got an answer to that. There's a whole bunch of new names we can bring in that we have not tried before. Um, they might have been tried, some of them, but we haven't tried them. and We haven't seen how they fit in with our uh, team. Um, so I suppose it's a little bit more positive. You know, if we do get injuries, if we do have a couple of guys that we thought were top team drift out of form, like a Carl A1 maybe, for example. Um, yeah, okay. We've got guys we can bring in and have a good crack and not be thinking, oh, we're going back to the well again, you know? Yes. Yep. Yep. Mm. Yep. Absolutely. So until next time, count the pair. Can't. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, I think we're also meant to give a plug to something else, wasn't it? Else oh, yeah. Talking. Stay tuned, people, because uh, there's another podcast coming up after this, the Portress guys are going to uh, to do a pod after this one. So stay tuned. There you go. Okay. All right. Carports. There you guys. Carport. Wow. <laughs> he ignores it. He goes long to even. Bouncing ball. Back of the pack. Stuart Jew. Box back there. Needs to rush it. Jew off the deck. Oh, the Jew kick. The ball. Has slowed it. <laughs> the ball bearings for Port. <laughs>